Today on CityCast Pittsburgh. If we're not having fun in this heat, Congress shouldn't either. Climate advocates are planning to shut down their annual charity baseball game. COVID has a new outfit and Joe Biden's wearing it. It's BA5 plus a new creative way to throw your butts away. It's the Friday News Roundup. It's Friday, July 22nd. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. We've got a new voice on this week. You've heard her name before, producer Meg Dalton. She's been with us for the past couple of weeks, all the way from West Harlem. Hi, Meg. Hello, hello. And of course, the spirit like cheerleading spirit of our team, newsletter editor Francesca DeBecca. <laughs> hey, Morgan. Glad to be here. Hello. So let's kick it off with the new kid on the block, Meg. What's a story, a Pittsburgh story, I guess, that has caught your attention this week? Well, it's a Pittsburgh story, but it's also a broader U.S. story, which is BA5, the subvariant of the coronavirus that's been rapidly spreading yeah. across the U.S., including here in Pittsburgh. Um, it was first detected in the U.S. in April, so it's been around for a few months now. But the subvariant was first seen in South Africa, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it arrived to the U.S. from South Africa. Uh huh. Meg, how concerned should we be about the BA5 variant? I mean, this, you know, it just seems like we keep getting new variants and um, raising the alarms. What's what's the deal with this one? So that's a great question. And we actually don't have to be too concerned, according to Dr. Alan Wells. Um, I spoke with him earlier this week. He's the medical director of clinical labs at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. Um, And here's what he told us. So I wouldn't necessarily say that BA5 is more concerning than any of the other variants we've seen. There's a paper out from a group examining the data in South Africa, which has one of the more extensive experiences with BA5, that actually says that BA5 is somewhat less virulent than earlier rounds, or it's the population has seen a lot of COVID, either through vaccine or prior infection, and thus, it's not hitting us as hard as the earlier rounds. According to experts, the BA5 subvariant is one of the most highly transmissible subvariants we've seen so far, and it could be responsible. Don't they say that about every variant? They do. They do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it could be responsible for a possible incoming wave of positive COVID-19 cases. Are there are the symptoms any different? Because I remember with Omicron, you know, they had a, a, a long list of like kind of differing symptoms. So you knew that you had that subvariant. Yeah, that's another really great question. So symptoms for BA5 are actually similar to those seen in previous variants. That includes congestion, headaches, cough, fever. Compared with adults, children tend to have more gastrointestinal issues. Um, but, mm. you know, like previous variants, some people don't experience any symptoms at all, while others may experience symptoms for up to a few weeks. So it really just depends. This has been the story of our lives for the past two some years. I mean, do we have to rethink about how we go about our lives right now? Like, should we be more concerned, more cautious um, in public places like the grocery stores? 
hospitals and such. I'm sure, you know, it's probably a good idea to still mask up in hospitals and doctor's visits and things. But what do you what did you find? It really depends on who you are and what your level of cautiousness is. I asked that question to Dr. Alan Wells as well. Um, here's what he told me. You're likely to be exposed. That does not mean that this is, you're going to have a severe disease or any disease at all. Obviously, if you're at high risk, if you're immune suppressed, if you're aged, if you have active hematologic cancers, you're at high risk. You know about it. You need to protect yourself the same way you need to be protected to the flu and other respiratory viruses. For the general population, it's out there. You'll be exposed. You should view this as you view flu season and other seasons. You prepare. You get vaccinated when it's appropriate to be vaccinated. And no vaccines 100%. We know that. But that's how you should approach COVID at this point. What about boosters? You know, I am I have three shots. I'm boosted. When should we be getting more shots? I don't have an exact answer for you about when, um, but I know at the federal level, the Biden administration is responding to this current BA5 situation by urging people to once again get their booster shots. So if you haven't gotten boosted, you should probably get boosted. Yeah, generally in Allegheny County, if you're over 50 or immunocompromised, you can get the vaccine. You have access to it. And also, if you could just go to Rite Aid, it's pretty accessible. Um, so from what is now an endemic to something else that is plaguing the world, which is climate change. And there are some people that are going to do something about it. I really like this story. Um, these climate change advocates are planning to, I don't know why the word storm, I think it's just because anything now I associate with like disruption of, <laughs> you know, some event or something in DC, I think of storming. Um, but they plan to at least like try to stop this year's congressional baseball game, um, which, you know, they do for charity every year. They've been playing this game since 1909. Uh, the Democrats take on the House Republicans. It's a very friendly game, but climate activists are like, piss, it's been hot as hell all week, not only here, you know, in Pittsburgh, but literally like the British are like falling out. They're baking. So they're bringing and the heat to this game. They're bringing to, the heat to this game. Trying to get some attention. What what do they have planned? So, so they, they obviously they're keeping a lot of that under wraps. Um, you know, I, I was trying to find. But, you know, if I'm sure the fact that this is already out there um I'm sure security is doing, you know, it's absolute best to probably stop that from happening because, you know, that that baseball game has been compromised in the past. They had that shooting in 2007. Steve Scalise got shot. That's right. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah. So they plan on stopping the game to do something about climate change. Um they said that these organizations, it's a, it's a bunch of different groups, a bunch of different climate advocacy groups that are um, planning this so that Democrats can pass a climate bill through reconciliation. And it's a pretty hefty, hefty cost, right? This bill that they want to pass. Yeah, it, the legislation was kind of like packaged up in Biden's. I hate the name of this plan. The Build Better Back. Every time I say it, I think I'm saying it wrong. I thought but it that's was right. Build the Back build Better. better. Back. What? Am I confused? 
<laughs> Bill, exactly. Exactly. It's confusing. And I think that's part of the thing. They, they, you know, they don't, the activists say they don't believe, you know, that the whole package is going to pass the Senate. Um, so they're advocating for climate provisions to be included in a reconciliation bill. So that would pass with like a simple majority. So they need, you know, some Republican votes, basically. I mean, they're not wrong. It won't pass unless they, you know, get more folks to, to cross the, the you know, get on their team. <laughs> since yeah, we're 500, about <laughs> $555 billion is a lot. And these people think that, you know, we're out here literally burning. The world is burning around us and you're playing a baseball game, you know, when when there's legislation that they feel needs to be passed to save our our planet. What does the bill actually include? Like, what are the demands from this group? Well, I, the demands from the group are really that they just they want the Democrats to do more to push to ensure that this basically this funding comes through. Um, but in the in the the money is earmarked for things to fund things like electric vehicle tax credits, renewable power, just basically a bunch of like clean energy initiatives. Um, and this is like something that they see as now or never, right? And. <laughs> That is what they're calling it. They're Quite calling literally. it the now or they're <laughs> calling it the now or never plan. Um, I don't exactly know what they plan to get out of, um, you know, trying to stop the baseball game, but it's it's action, right? So let's bring this home. Are there any Pennsylvania folks on the roster playing this year? Yeah, apparently there's two, and they're playing on opposing sides. There's Republican uh, Representative Brian Fitzpatrick from Bucks County, and uh, for the Democrats, there's Pittsburgher Mike Doyle. I don't think he's playing. Um, on the website, it said he's, like, coaching or managing, um, and he's not running again, you know. So this is his last term in office and probably his, his last charity baseball game. What does Doyle think about the protest? I mean, it, you know, he doesn't really support it. He thinks their efforts would be better spent, like, targeting, you know, Republican congressional districts and states to get the votes that they need for the reconciliation. So basically, it's like, why are you targeting the Democrats who are voting for this funding? Well, I I appreciate that they're fundraising, and this is a thing that they do every year. But, you know, it's time to stop playing games and get down to work, right? <laughs> and one way to do that is through... Tackling litter. Yes. Nice segue, Meg. <laughs> um, so I would love to tell you guys about the latest uh, litter initiative in Pittsburgh. I just love this. So I wanted to talk about it. They are these ballot bins. Um, and it's one way to get people to uh, discard of their cigarette butts in a... Um, in a fun way. Uh, so they ask people to vote with their cigarette butts and answer these Yinzer themed questions. They have these removable plates on the bins so they can swap out the questions, but it's basically like a poll and you get to see like what people's votes are. So um, some examples that they've had so far is, is it soda or pop? Is it Washington <laughs> or Washington? Are pierogies tastier when prepared soft or crispy? Um, they're they're mm. so fun. Um, <laughs> It sounds stupid. Like, I have never smoked. I will never be a smoker, but I kind of want to participate. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, give me your cigarette butts just so I can vote. <laughs> how, how many bins does Pittsburgh actually have? Like, and where will these be? 
Yeah, so there's two downtown right now. I know of one that's right outside of the city county building. Um, I believe that one had a question that was like, "Are what's more Pittsburgh, fries on a sandwich or fries on a salad? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I could be either or. I feel like that's a neck and neck one. Um, mm-hmm. And so there are about 35 bins uh, that the city uh, has ready to go. Um, so Pittsburgh's Department of Public Works used $15,000 from uh, Keep America Beautiful's 2021 Cigarette Litter Prevention Program grant. And apparently cigarettes account for about 30% of the city's litter. Um, that's a lot. Do you, do, you, do you think people are actually going to use these? You know, I wondered the same thing. Um, I hope it gets their attention and maybe they have a little fun with it. Uh, the makers yeah. of the bin say that uh, they've been shown to reduce cigarette butt litter by 46%. So that's a good bit. Uh, it would be interesting to see, you know, as you're walking about downtown, Morgan, um, See if you notice the difference around wherever these bins are. Um, I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look and I'm gonna judge based on the questions and the answers. How yes. Yeah. People are yes. saying it's soda and not pop. I'm gonna have a lot of questions. Right. <laughs> and it's funny. Like the the base of people who are answering these questions are like Pittsburgh smokers. You know that that's the base. These are the people mm-hmm. answering. Right. It. Right. 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 It's a very niche yeah. uh, sample size that they are taking. <laughs> Yeah. For these surveys. Yeah. So there are bins uh, approved to be installed in the Strip District, Lawrenceville, and Mount Washington, and some more some more neighborhoods are coming soon. Um, so it'll be fun to see these uh, pop up around town. Um, I thought it would be kind of cool to think of some other questions that they could use. You know, what are some other Pittsburgh questions? Um, Meg, I know this might not be uh, one that you can participate in, but you can give us your opinion on it. I thought <laughs> keeping it relevant, Heinz Field or Aquashire Stadium, love to see an empty love bin that. for the latter. <laughs> yeah, they should they should put that one right outside the stadium. They I should. Aquashire, if Aquashire had any like you know sense of humor. They would. They'd put that out. Yeah, yeah. Like right it's, by the team. Know, for one, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be so I funny. I think it's funny. <laughs> what are some other ones? Yeah, um, I thought you know a good one would be the racer or the jackrabbit. That I feel like people have their favorites of the old wooden coasters at Kennywood, and those are right next to each other. So that might be a, a fun vote. And then uh, something, you know, beverage-wise, Icy Light or Turner's Tea. We'll see if people uh. prefer the alcohol or the uh, nostalgic uh, paper cartons. <laughs> paper carton all day. Yeah. yeah. I don't smoke either, but and I wouldn't pick up anybody's butts. Um, I'm a germaphobe. But uh, I might ball up a little piece of straw paper or something. Just <laughs> yeah, give us something else we can we can use to uh, to vote. What what else can yeah. we discard that we can vote in these some, bins? Some some candy cigarette butts. <laughs> oh my god, I remember those. Just a stick of sugar. I'm like, who's still buying these? Yeah, they taste awful. They have no taste. No, it's just literally no. like make this a white m- stick of sugar. This one might be for you. Um, I mean. Locally, there's a right answer, but uh, Carnegie or Carnegie. Uh, how do you say it in New York? I say Carnegie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that wrong? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> Here it is. Yeah. <laughs> 
The way you actually say his last name is Carnegie. Um, that's what I've grown up knowing it, you know, the neighborhood as well as Andrew Carnegie. Is that is that the the proper pronunciation or is that just the way everybody in Pittsburgh says it? I believe it is, but maybe we need an expert. Anybody out there know for sure what the right answer is? Let us know. <laughs> we go we wanted to ask the squad for the best thing they've learned about the city this week producer Mallory Falk I learned that the potato patch at Kennywood was originally going to be a fried chicken stand I saw a post about this from the Heinz History Center really glad that we get these greasy cheese coated fries instead they are the perfect bite at Kennywood lead producer Megan Harris I learned how the Pirates got their name. Um, I won't give it away, but it's part of the Good Question podcast and series from WESA and Katie Blackley over there. It has to do with a Philadelphia player, of course, named Louis Bierbauer. Newsletter editor Francesca DeBecco. I learned that those bright red native plants, the staghorn sumac that you may see alongside of the road or in local woods, They're also called the Pittsburgh Palm, and they're edible. They have a citrus flavor that can be used in sweet or savory dishes or brewed into a tea. And Meg, you're based in New York, of course, but what's the best thing you learned about the city during your time with us? I would definitely say everything and anything yins. I've learned all about the (laughs) usage and origin of yins over the past few weeks, and I I feel like I could actually properly use it in a sentence now. Can you give us an example? Yeah, like what are Yin's doing later uh, after this broadcast? That's perfect. <laughs> and I learned there was an actual day to celebrate getting the H back in Pittsburgh. Uh, in 1891, there was this federal effort to standardize cities ending in GH to just G, so like all the burgs, and uh, we argued about it for 20 years until 1911 when we got our H back. So. That makes me so proud. Such a persistent little city. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. Megan Harris is our lead producer. Our newsletter editor is Francesca DeBecco. Mallory Falk is the audio producer. And your host is me, Morgan Moody. Our music is by Benji. And a very, very special thanks to our producer, Meg Dalton, who's graciously been helping our team for the last few weeks. We could not have done it without you. We hope you enjoyed your time in the Berg. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back on Monday with a special episode you don't want to miss. So we'll see you then. Maybe a place like a baseball field is somewhere where they can actually uh, have a conversation and and maybe find some common ground. But um, mm. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe in movies, but I'm sure <laughs> yeah, that, you know, like that's <laughs> like Field of Dreams. <laughs> <laughs>